how do you develop brush your teeth habits? You know, let me ask you a question. What if exercising regularly, eating healthy foods, and staying active all day were as easy and effortless as brushing your teeth? Hey there, I'm Dr. Del Millers, and this is Energize Your Life After 50. You see, the goal of this podcast is to help you answer one simple question, and that is, how do you want to live the next chapter in your life? Do you want to keep it as it is, or do you want more? Do you want to be better, fitter, stronger, healthier without meds, more confidence, more sex appeal? Do you want to get your mojo back? Maybe you want to be the you you've always thought you could be. So each week, we'll look at simple ways to intentionally create your next chapter, prioritizing your health, your physicality, your emotional and spiritual well-being, as well as looking and feeling your best. Are you up for the challenge? Then let's get moving. Hello, everyone. Dr. Del Miller's here, just wishing you a happy new year and wishing the best for you for 2022. Yes, I know the past two years were... Very trying times for all of us, not only in this country, but around the world. And I hope 2022 will be a fabulous kick-ass year for all of you. I do wish that for you. Uh, This month, I want to introduce you to one of my books, my very first book, Fitness and Spirituality. I originally published it as Dancing with God. And uh, I am going to give you a copy of my book, Fitness and Spirituality. When you subscribe to my podcast, leave me a five-star rating and a review on the Apple podcast. You can do that on the Apple podcast app. I know you can subscribe on other platforms, but I'm not sure you can leave a rating, probably a review, yes, but not a rating. So I'm going to give you a copy of my book, Fitness and Spirituality. When you subscribe, leave me a rating and a review. Just make a screenshot of your review and email it to me at podcast at personalfitness.com. Podcast at personalfitness.com. And be sure to also include your mailing address because I'm sending you a paperback copy, not an ebook copy. Now, Fitness and Spirituality really is, uh, it's a book that invites you to experience any physical activity as a playful expression of body, mind, heart, and soul. Like Tai Chi, yoga, or meditation, any physical practice has the potential to lead you to a deeper levels of body-mind-spirit connection based on your degree of internal focus, connection, and awareness. And as uh, Jack Canfield, the co-creator of the New York Times best-selling Chicken Soup for the Soul series and the Success Principles, wrote uh, a little review of my book. He said, this book will inspire you to connect your physical exercise to your spiritual path in a way that will be chicken soup for your body and your soul. So I want to give you a copy of my book, Fitness and Spirituality. So do leave me a... Do subscribe and leave me a rating and a review of the podcast, and I will send you your very own paperback copy, okay? Anyway, happy 2022, 
and welcome. As I said in my shorty episode earlier this week, the theme of this year is the best you've ever been. The best you've ever been. But before we get started, I'd like to take this time to remind you of a few important resources that are available to you. Number one, my free masterclass. You know, the top three things you must do to lose weight and keep it off. Okay, if you're struggling with uh, weight as an issue, then you must check out that masterclass. There's also my webinar, Get Your Sexy Back. If you're ready to truly transform your body and your life, then please sign up for the webinar. It's free. You also have access to a free health strategy call with me when you're ready to move forward in a powerful way. I also have a vault of coaching videos at my website, uh, you know, personalfitness.com. You can find all of that, sign up for all of that at my website, personalfitness.com. And lastly, please consider subscribing to this podcast. You know, there is a link in the episode notes. And thank you. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate you. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Energize Your Life After 50. How you guys doing? Doing well? The theme of this year is the best you've ever been. The best you've ever been. And as such, I'm going to be presenting you with simple strategies, tools, and mindset shifts to allow you to transform your body and your life this year, okay? I, I always tell people it's impossible to transform your body without transforming your life because you have to make so many changes in your life. So this year, we're going to focus on really transforming your body and your life. So I hope you will join me for that. Today, what I'm going to be talking about is how to develop brush-your-teeth habits. How do you develop brush-your-teeth habits? You know, let me ask you a question. What if exercising regularly, eating healthy foods, and staying active all day were as easy and effortless as brushing your teeth? What if instead of relying on willpower, practicing good habits came automatically as your default? Well, believe it or not, but 95% of our daily habits happen automatically without us even being aware of what the hell we're doing. Even though most of our habits are learned and not instinctual like animals, we perform them automatically and unconsciously just the same. Now, what is a habit? We're talking about habits. We're talking about creating brush-your-teeth habits. So let's get on the same page. What exactly are we talking about? What is a habit? Here's a simple definition. A habit is something that a person does often in a regular and repeated way. Again, something that you do often in a regular and repeated way. Can you think anything you do more often than brushing your teeth? Most of us, we brush in the morning, we brush before we go to bed, right? Tying your shoelace, making your bed, getting dressed. We do all those things every single day. Now, it seems that the brain doesn't like to be bothered with these repeated mundane chores, so it bundles up all of these repeated actions and behaviors into little programs called a habit. Actually, this whole series of action is called chunking, but that's the technical term for it, chunking. But that's exactly what habits are. Your brain just bundle up all these series of things that we do on a regular basis, regular consistent basis, 
and create little program for them. So you go to the bathroom and it sees toothbrush. Oh, you must be about to brush your teeth. Let's run the brush your teeth program. Same thing for getting dressed. You don't really think about it. You typically do the same thing pretty much, uh, right, the same way. Making your bed, we typically typically make our beds the same way. Tying our shoelace, we typically do that the same way, right? So these are very simple things that the brain usually just create little programs around. And while this is a good thing, because it frees us up to focus on more fundamental issues of living, the bad news is any action or behavior done repeatedly and consistently will eventually become an unconscious habit. Do you hear what I said? Any action or behavior done repeatedly and consistently will eventually become an unconscious habit. And the problem is, folks, your brain can't tell the difference between good or bad, right or wrong. Those are moral judgments that we make. Your brain just tell what your brain does what you tell it to do. You do something regularly and consistently, and it will develop a habit around whatever behavior or action you're doing. But here's the tricky part. Those unconscious behaviors, those unconscious habits, they are terribly difficult to break. You see, while the first time you reach for that cookie because you were bored may have been a conscious choice, the hundreds and thousands of cookies that follow over the years were entirely automatic and out of your control. You see, each time you reach for that cookie, the brain associates a certain reward with the action. So about 20 cookies later, you're locked in, baby. You're locked in because boredom triggers you to reach for the cookie and eating the cookie makes you feel good. So that one simple action leads to a rush of feel-good brain chemicals that become impossible not to repeat because you're now caught in what we call the habit loop. The habit loop. There's a trigger. Your boredom. It leads to a routine, reaching for the cookie that gets you a reward, a rush of feel-good chemicals that your brain just loves. But, and here's the thing with that cookie. It triggers the pleasure center of the brain. So your brain is just feeling good and you're experiencing a rush of feel-good chemicals, right? That cookie makes you feel good. You get something from it. That's why you reach for it. So from now on, every time you're bored, your brain is going to be looking for that same reward, a rush of feel-good chemicals. No, it's not the cookie. It's getting a rush of feel-good chemicals. And no matter how much you kick and scream, your brain is going to be pushing you towards that cookie or something like that cookie because it needs the reward, a rush of feel-good chemicals. So once that habit loop is complete, it is terribly difficult to break. So here's the bottom line. If you don't want something to become a habit, don't engage in the behavior. If you don't want something to become a habit, don't engage in the, in the behavior, especially repeatedly and consistently, because that will definitely become a habit over time. And they don't just become any behavior, any habit, folks. They become unconscious habits. 
which are terribly difficult to break. Now, I know you're probably asking yourself, well, Dr. Dell, how the hell do I change one of these unconscious bad habits, let's say? Well, remember, there are three parts to a habit loop. A triggering event or a cue, a routine and a reward. Let's go back to that cookie, for example. You feel bored, stressed out, anxious, angry, tired. Whatever that triggering event or emotion is, it doesn't matter. It's life just happening. But then you reach for that first cookie. Chocolate cake, ice cream, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Again, that's the action, the behavior or the routine that comes about from feeling bored, stressed out, anxious, angry, tired, whatever the triggering event was. And why did you reach for that cookie, chocolate cake, or ice cream? Ah, there lies the million-dollar question, my friends. Because you're looking for something. You don't want to feel how you're feeling. This is the reward. But what are you looking for? Who knows? Not to be bored, stressed out, anxious, angry, tired. But instead, you settle for the cookie, chocolate cake, ice cream, which does a very bad thing. It triggers the pleasure centers of the brain. So the brain gets a rush of those feel-good chemicals in the form of a sugar high, folks. Now, there's something you need to know about your brain when the pleasure centers are activated. It becomes like a kid in a candy store. It loves its pleasures. Your brain, it loves its pleasures. Now, keep in mind that we're talking about the same area of the brain that is triggered by drugs, sex, and alcohol. So, obviously, your brain loves its pleasures. So, food, again, sugar, activates the same pleasure centers in the brain that is activated by drugs, sex, and alcohol. So, as you can imagine, these kinds of habits become very difficult to break. Again, we're putting ourselves on a road to developing some habits that are going to be very difficult to break. Not impossible, just very difficult. So here's the deal, folks. To change that habit, you're going to have to become aware of, number one, the triggering event. Then you're going to have to experiment with different routines instead of reaching for that cookie. Why don't I go for a walk or try an apple or take a power nap? Did I say you're going to have to experiment? Yes, you're going to have to experiment to figure out what exactly it is that you're after. Am I just bored? Am I really hungry? Am I tired? Am I just feeling emotional? Well, let me figure out other ways of soothing my emotions instead of stuffing them down with food. Maybe a cup of tea, call a friend, play some music, whatever it is. Again, you have to become aware of the triggering event Then you have to experiment with different routines. In other words, change the behavior or the action that you usually do to see if it leads to a satisfactory reward. Again, it's not an easy process. But, hey, that's why people pay me the big bucks to coach them and guide them through the process of changing and creating new habits. That's what I do. You know, having a meal plan, an exercise plan, beating yourself up in the gym every day, all completely useless if you're going to revert right back to the same unconscious self-sabotaging behaviors. Are we on the same page? Absolutely useless. 
if all you do is revert back to those same unconscious self-sabotaging behaviors. So we have to go about the business of becoming aware of what those habits are in order to change them and then go through the process of experimenting with each of them in order to change them. We're on the same page, right? Great. Now let's talk about what are the most effective ways to form new habits? I'm assuming that's what you want to know as well, forming new healthy habits at least. What are the most effective ways of forming new healthy habits? Here's, Here's the deal. You can't just get rid of an old habit, right? It leaves a vacuum. You have to put something else in its place. I'm sure you're, if, if you've gone by, let's say, uh, an AA meeting, you see people outside smoking. Well, a lot of them, they give up drinking and they take up smoking or drinking coffee. Uh, smokers, sometimes you see people who used to smoke and give up smoking. They chew on a toothpick. Again, a replacement. You have to you replace one behavior with another. Otherwise, it leaves a vacuum and that old behavior is just going to slip right back in there. So. You can't just get rid of one, one habit. You have to replace it with a new, healthier habit. So here's the deal. Creating healthy new habits happen in three phases. How many phases? Three phases. That's right. Creating healthy new habits happen in three phases. Here's the first phase. Step one. We call this the initiation phase. The initiation phase. Now, keep in mind how a habit is formed. Right? We talked about this. You do something consistently in the same way, regularly, and eventually it will become a habit. You do something consistently in the same way, regularly, and eventually it will become a habit. So that is exactly what you focus on in step one. What is it you're going to do? And exactly when are you going to do it? This second part is crucial, right? You need to be, you need to be specific. You need to be as specific as possible. Now, a lot of people have a New Year's goal to exercise regularly, okay? Well, too damn vague. Exercise regularly. Well, what, what does that mean? What is, what is regularly, you know? Is it, is it once a week? Is it once a month? Is it, uh, you know, twice a, twice a month, twice a year? What is regularly? You need to be specific. Exactly what are you going to do? Exactly when are you going to do it? And how often are you going to do it? For instance, I'm going to take a brisk walk, jog, or go to the gym. When? Immediately after work. How often? Every Mondays and Wednesdays. You see how specific that is? I'm going to take a brisk walk, jog, or run, or go to the gym immediately after work every Mondays and Wednesdays. Right? Exactly what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, And how often are you going to do it? If you want to create new habits, you have to be that specific. Because again, consistency. You need to be consistent, right? So what you want to do, you want to set reminders, put it on your planner, or better yet, make an appointment to meet with a coach or trainer. That's why people who use coaches and trainers get better results. Why? They develop good habits faster. Because when you put that appointment on your calendar twice a week, guess what? The same time each week, you're doing that activity. You're building that habit muscle. You are building that habit. So it becomes, you develop that habit of being active faster. 
because you become regular with it. So if you're going to do it on your own, you have to do the same thing. You have to set an appointment with yourself. Put it on your calendar so that it helps if you're doing the same activity at the same time, the same time each week, <laughs> right? So set it up. What is it going to be? Is it going to be first thing in the morning? Is it going to be after work? Is it going to be at lunchtime? What are you going to do? Are you going to run? Are you going to walk? Are you going to the gym? Are you going to exercise at home? When are you going to do it? I mean, how often are you going to do it? Is it going to be once a week? Is it going to be twice a week? Is it going to be three times a week? And make it the same time each week, if at all possible. That is how you develop new habits quicker. If it's not consistent, then it's going to take you much longer. Now, here's step two. You've got to build in something enjoyable. You've got to build in something enjoyable. You see, the secret to habit formation is repetition, 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 consistency, repetition and consistency. And are you not more likely to do something if there is at least one thing enjoyable about it? Of course you are. You may hate the exercise, but love the music you listen to. You may hate that spin class or yoga class, but love checking out those hot bodies in front of you. I certainly did. <laughs> so the activity doesn't have to be enjoyable, but you have to build in something enjoyable to you. In one of my favorite books, The Zen of Running, Fred Roach, who's the author, wrote, If the dance of the run isn't fun, then discover another dance. Because without fun... The good of the run is undone, and a suffering runner always quits sooner or later. If the dance of the run isn't fun, then discover another dance. Because without fun, the good of the run is undone, and a suffering runner always quits sooner or later. So rather find something fun to do or build in something that you enjoy about it. That's the second step, and that's an important one. Now here's the third step. Step three. Make only one small change at a time. For those of you who've watched my webinar, I talk about this. Big changes often are very difficult to maintain, but small changes can lead to big transformation. Why? It's much easier for your brain to wrap itself around making one small change than it is changing dozens and dozens of habit or trying to change dozens of habit at the same time. You can't go from eating anything you want to just eating chicken breast and broccoli or salads every day, folks. It doesn't work. How long is that going to last? A week? Two weeks? A couple of weeks at most. You see, back when I used to give my clients meal plans, almost every single person would fall off their plan in about two weeks. Almost every single person would fall off their plan in about two weeks. Now, that's 25, 30 years of research right there that tells me that, hey, meal plans just don't work because you're trying to change up about two, three dozen habits all at once. Think about all the things you do all day long, all the things that go into what you eat on a daily basis. Right? You've got all the different meals. You've got the preparation for the different meals. You've got the shopping. You've got the cooking. You've got the preparation. You've, you've, you, we're talking about dozens of different habits here. And to try and change all of those at once 
you're setting yourself up to fail. That's why I always say a meal plan sets you up to fail. I know because I used to do it and people were failing left and right. That's why I changed my strategy. Now we focus on one small change at a time, changing one habit at a time. It's a hell of a lot easier to maintain one small change, as in one meal, than it is to maintain changing two dozen habits all at once. You know, there's an old Chinese saying, one step at a time is good walking. Actually, I don't even know if it's an old Chinese saying or something I picked up along the way from a fortune cookie. But either way, I like it. One step at a time is good walking. So take the first step. Take one step. Take the first step. And then when you're comfortable with that, when you're able to maintain that habit for a while, when it's become something that is no longer difficult for you, something that you can maintain relatively easily, take the next step and then the next. And before you know it, 52 habits a year, a year, 52 steps a year. Guess what? Welcome. You've just transformed your body and your life. 52 habits. That's all it takes in a year. If you make one change each week, my friends, one change each week. You can transform your body and your life in a year because that's 52 changes. Small changes build on top of each other and lead to transformation. Transformation is final. It's irreversible. Once you, you can't transform your body without transforming your life because you have to make so many changes in your life. That's why I always say it's not about your body. It's about your life. You're trying to change your body. It's not about your body. It's about your life. It's about those life habits. It's about developing the lifestyle that support the changes you want. Weight loss is, is not about food. It's not about exercise. It's about your life. It's about creating the lifestyle that supports losing and maintaining weight. Are you feeling me? Are you with me? I'm afraid that's all I've got for you today. But as you embark upon this journey this year in 2022 to change your body, your life, your health in any way, I want you to at least be present and to put some thought behind what you're doing and to really enjoy the process. You know, don't make it a struggle or a burden. Enjoy the process. And you enjoy the process just by being present. And that's what my book, Fitness and Spirituality, talks about. You know, these simple mindset shifts. Be present. I leave you with these, this passage from Fitness and Spirituality. It's called Being Present. The next time you go for a walk, run, or swim, or the next time you get on the treadmill, the bike, the Stairmaster, or the next time you use the squat machine or pick up a dumbbell, stop for a few seconds. Notice your posture. Start with your feet, then your knees, then your hips. Notice how you hold your upper torso, your shoulders, your neck, then your head. You don't need to do anything else. Just be aware that you are here, right now, in this body, at this time, in this place, participating in this activity, present, fully present. Again, you can get a free copy of my book, Fitness and Spirituality, by subscribing to my podcast, leave me a five-star review, and 
a, ra a five-star rating and a review and send me a screenshot of your review to podcast at personalfitness.com. It will be in the show notes. That is all I've got for you today, but as usual, may the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Happy New Year, and I'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Energize Your Life After 50 with me, your host, Dr. Del Millers. For all the resources mentioned in this episode, you can check the show notes or go to my website at personalfitness.com. There, you can sign up for the free masterclass, the webinar, free webinar, a free health strategy call, and have access to my vault of coaching videos all for free. So check out the website at personalfitness.com. See you next time.